Okay, welcome to the Believer School of Ministry. Uh, we Today we're on uh, Lesson 7, Moving in the Gifts of the Spirit. And we're with our friends in Hyderabad, India today, once again. And uh, we've just been enjoying a, a great class together, uh, preparing ourselves to minister. You know, every believer is called to minister. And this is one of the concepts that we really need to get across and understand that the Bible teaches all of us are ministers. There are those that are given as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, but our purpose is to train and teach everyone in the body that we can all minister and do the works of Jesus. So um, let's begin with a word of prayer. Before we do that, can you all say praise the Lord and give a good wave? Hallelujah. All right. Well, Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for your love for each one of us. Thank you for our friends in India that are with us today. And Lord, for each one that would be watching or listening over the Internet. Lord, we ask you to touch our lives and give us encouragement to know that we can flow in the gifts of the Spirit. That nothing is impossible to him that believes. And Lord, so I just thank you for opening hearts and minds and spirits to receive uh, the word of God today. Lord, give us a quick understanding. Lord, let the word of God, as you said, be alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Dividing asunder the whole and the spirit, the, the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Have your way today in this class, Lord. And we want to thank you for all that's been done. We thank you for the testimony we heard today of uh, a brother that was uh, recognized anger and unforgiveness in his life and was prayed for last week. We thank you for that. We thank you for your goodness to all of us, Lord God, because we're all growing, we're all developing, and we give you the praise for all that is done. And we pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, praise God. God is good. Amen. Amen. All the time. All right. Uh, as I said, we're beginning today with lesson seven, moving in the gifts of the Spirit. The purpose of this lesson is to inspire, encourage, and train the believer to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We will give a definition of each gift and have a time of practice at the end of the session. So once again today, you'll be praying for one another and uh, trusting God to give you gifts of the Spirit to minister uh, to one another. Uh, last night, we were in a home group, and uh, you know we were studying actually Psalm 23. But then afterwards, uh, the pastor you know, just led us into a time of prayer. And, you know, he had a, a word of knowledge for a lady that was there that she was in like a maze. You know what a maze is? And it's like she kept hitting dead ends. And uh, so he just brought that forth and, and she acknowledged that that was true. And then we began to pray for her. And uh, actually, my wife had a couple of other words for her. And uh, so we minister to that lady. That's how the gifts of the Spirit work. Uh, they bring forth revelation of things that are happening uh, in a person's life and many times how, how we can uh, change those things and bring about deliverance. So 
the word of knowledge is God's knowledge about something that's unknown to the natural mind. And so we'll get into that later. But the gifts of the Spirit are one of the tools, or some of the tools that God has given us uh, to minister to one another in the body of Christ and also tools for evangelism. Because many times uh, people do not necessarily open up right away when you talk to them about things in their life. But if you can speak to them about hidden things in their life, they'll recognize that God is involved and it'll give an opportunity then for for Jesus to come into their life. So <clears throat> recognize that the gifts of the Spirit are not just for church meetings or Bible studies, but they're for everyday life. And uh, that's why we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we need to grow in sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and awareness uh, how that He can help us, <clears throat> every one of us, uh, to be effective in ministry through the gifts of the Spirit. And so uh, even to those young ones that are with us today, the children, uh, God can use you in the gifts of the Spirit as well. And so expect that to happen. Your, your size or age don't have anything to do with it. You know, God can use you in these supernatural gifts uh, to bring help to people and deliverance. Uh, God can use you in gifts of healing to bring healing to people who need healing. So um, expect these things to work in your life. Let's don't look at this today as just a Bible study, but something that's uh, real in our lives and that we can expect to happen. You know, the Bible said that we're to be not to just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word also. So we're going to begin today in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. If you want to read that in your own Bible as I read it, <clears throat> I'll be reading it in the King James Bible and the English Bible. Of course, uh, thank God uh, that uh, we're able to communicate today in English, but we want you to realize that many of you are called to take what you're learning and teach it to others. And so you can... Uh, Translate these lessons into your your Telugu, Telugu language or whatever language that uh, you use or the people around you use, and you can train others uh, to do these things, to walk in the ministry that God has given them in Jesus' name. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1-11, through 11, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away, excuse me, carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally. I'm sorry, my recording stopped, so I had to 
I had to start it over again. We had a little disconnect on our Skype connection, and then my recording went off. That happened uh, a couple weeks ago, too. But anyway, I don't think we lost much. But at any rate, Paul is talking to the uh, church at Corinth here, and he deals in in this uh, book, the First Corinthians, a lot about spiritual things. And he's talking here about the spiritual gifts that are so important uh to ministry, And one of the things I noticed as I was reading there, as he said, you know, we have these diverse gifts, we have these diverse administrations, we have these diverse operations, but it's the same spirit. And that's what we need to understand in the body of Christ. You know, we're all different. We have different gifts. We have different operations of the gifts. Um, God functions a little different through each one of us. But it's only one Holy Spirit. And so, you know, it can happen that in the body of Christ, you know, well, you don't, you don't minister like I do. We, we're different. Let's separate. No, we need to come together because the way you minister uh, accomplishes something that I don't accomplish through my ministry. You know, Jesus had the full orb of ministry. He had a, the total ministry. But in the body of Christ, we have parts and so God has called us to come together and work together for his glory. And uh, so it's the same spirit that works in you that works in me. And we're in, what we're doing here is we're encouraging you uh, to move in these gifts of the spirit and to operate so that God can be used, uh, can use you in a great way uh, in your life. So the word gifts there is charisma which means a favor with which one receives without any merit of his own, the gift of divine grace, the gift of faith, knowledge, holiness, virtue, gifts, uh, grace or gifts denoting extraordinary powers, distinguishing certain Christians and enabling them to serve the Church of Christ, the reception of which is due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to take my sweater off. I'm getting warm over here. I know it's warmer there than here, but we're in a house with a with heat, so it got warm today. Praise the Lord. So these are the gifts they're received. They're not something like we talked about last week, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, the gifts are given. Fruit grows. And so with regard to fruit, it develops in our life as we yield ourselves to God, as we pull the weeds and nurture the fruit. But gifts can operate just like that. When you're saved and you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, these gifts can operate. And uh, they do not necessarily require maturity. But they do require maturity to know how to operate them in, in them effectively. So we grow in that too. But there's a difference there in that the gifts are given and fruit develops. The word translated there in the King James administrations is diaconia. Uh, which is related to the word deacon, which means ministry or service. So he said there's different gifts, and then there's also, also different ministries. Uh, for example, you know, I've been flowing more in the, in the uh, gift of the evangelist. Well, certain spiritual gifts flow through me to help me with that ministry. Now, Pastor Diva, he's flowing in the 
office of a pastor. And uh, there's some other gifts that God is developing in him, too, for the future. But see, each of us have a little different ministry that God has called us to. But these gifts operate in our ministry in order to help us accomplish our ministry. You know, there's also uh, uh, an office called the, the Ministry of Helps. And, uh, for example, uh, I would say probably Austin, from what I know, he's probably gifted in the Ministry of Helps. And probably others of you there are gifted in the Ministry of Helps. It's just helping to get the work done, helping in the church. Uh, we had a lady in one of our churches <clears throat> that helped us by going and and turning on the furnace in the morning on cold winter days. And, of course, it gets much colder here in the United States where we live than it does where you live. So we need a furnace. We need someone to turn the furnace on and warm the building up so that when we came to church, uh, the building would be warm. Well, this lady was uh, just a, a very simple, nice lady, you know, a grandma type. And uh, but she would do this. She would get up early every, you know, every Sunday morning and she would go over to the church building and she would turn on the furnace. And so that when we got to the building, it was nice and warm. But one day she went over and she turned on the, the furnace just like normal. She got in her car and she headed home. But on the way home, the Lord spoke to her that the furnace had not fired. It had misfired. And she just knew in her spirit that there was a problem. So because of that prompting of the Holy Spirit, she turned around and went back to the church and restarted the furnace. And we had a nice warm building that Sunday morning uh, to have our church service in. So this is, an, you know, this is an example of the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we might not think about. You know, it was, it was nice that we had a warm building. And so that's how... The gifts of the Spirit can operate, you know, even in the ministry of helps. Uh, for example, you know, if, uh, if you're in the ministry of helps and you're operating the PA system and God supernaturally shows you that, that something's wrong that you can, and how to fix it, uh, these are things that are supernatural, but they blend with the natural, you know. So uh, they're very, very important to the work of God as well. And then the operations, that word is uh, energema, which is something wrought in effect an operation. That's how God operates the gifts, different gifts in the different ministries. So there's a variety of operations of the gifts in the different ministries. Okay, there's three different types of gifts. Uh, and we read about nine different gifts, and we categorize them into three different types of gifts. And uh, so, just for understanding, and this has been, this is the way it's been taught and understood the, uh, for many years by many different teachers, and it's helpful to distinguish, you know, between the different types of gifts. And first, the first type of gift is the gifts that say something, the gifts that say something. And the first one of those is prophecy. Prophecy is a gift that says something. It's an inspired utterance which builds up, encourages, and comforts. In First uh, Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3, it says, He that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation 
and comfort. <clears throat> so prophecy is to encourage. Prophecy is not to beat people down. The gifts of the Spirit are not to tear people apart. They're to help people. And so we need to understand God's purpose in prophecy. Uh, and in First uh, Corinthians chapter 14, verse 31, it says, For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and that all may be comforted. So there the scripture says that we can all prophesy. Now, it doesn't mean that we're all going to prophesy at every meeting and in every situation. But God wants these gifts of the Spirit to flow. It's not just to flow through the pastor or the evangelist. It's to flow through the, all the people as the Spirit wills. Now, uh, we talk about here, revelation gifts may flow through the gift of prophecy. There is a difference between simple prophecy and a prophecy with revelation. For example, if, if uh, in the church service, God gives me a prophecy, and it goes something like this and says, Oh, my children, I love you. And I've given you many gifts. And I've opened my heart to you, and I have poured out my spirit upon you. Therefore, receive what I have, and you will see my face, and you will see my hand working in the situations in your life, saith the Lord. And I will give you strength every day and power in your witness, says the Lord. Well, that would be an example of a prophecy. It's, it's an inspirational gift. But everything I said there, you could read about in the Bible. You know, there's no, there's nothing hidden, you know, to our knowledge. It's all there in the Word of God. So that was, that's what we call simple prophecy. Okay? But if I begin to prophesy, and I say, Thus saith the Lord, there's a great and mighty move coming to the earth in these days, saith the Lord. And the doors will open for you to minister in places that you never dreamed possible. And my spirit shall go before you, saith the Lord. And as I open those doors, I say, walk through them. And I will give you power in those places to be a witness. For yea, saith, thus saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit in the land of India like never before. And there shall be a great increase in the land, saith the Lord as my people rise up and build and do the things that I have called them to. So you see there, it's prophecy also, it's, it's very similar to the first prophecy I gave, but it goes a little deeper. It's bringing out revelation that you couldn't necessarily read about in the Bible. Uh, for example, you know, um, it talks about in the book of Acts where the prophecy was given that there was going to be a great famine in the land. So it prepared the people uh, to be able to minister, and they took up an offering for the saints at Jerusalem and so forth. So uh, you understand what I'm saying here? Simple prophecy is really nothing different than what's in the Bible, except it's given by inspiration. In other words, at the moment, the Spirit of God is saying these things. Like, for example, if I say, Thus saith the Lord, my children, I love you. Well, you could read the same thing in the Bible. However, it's that God is bringing that to your attention by His Holy Spirit at that particular time. Whereas, when we begin to talk about 
you know, certain events that are happening or going to happen, then we're tapping into uh, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, what we call the revelation gifts, which we're going to talk about more in just a few minutes. Okay? And then the, the next gift is uh, tongues. And what we're talking about here, of course, tongues means other languages. And we shared about that in Lesson 5, about uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues. And as you remember, the different ways that tongues are used. And you may remember that, uh, you know, there were several ways that tongues are used. Uh, number one, as a devotional language in your prayer life. Uh, Jude chapter, there's only one chapter, but Jude verse 20 but ye, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So by praying in the Spirit, we build ourselves up. That's one of the ways that tongues or unknown languages are used in the believer. But another way that tongues are used is as a message in tongues. So we see this very often in churches that are filled with the Spirit and that are yielding to the Holy Spirit that someone under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit will begin to speak out in an unknown language. And it's a message from God. And so as that message comes forth then, then we're to pray for an interpretation. So this is this is a gift that operates together with the next gift, which is interpretation of tongues. So there's a message in tongues, and then there's an interpretation of tongues. And what this is, is the Holy Spirit's bringing forth a message, and with that comes... Uh, the revelation of what that, you know, what that message means. It's interesting in my own life, I don't know if I shared with this with you earlier, but, you know, I've had various different gifts of the Holy Spirit operate uh, in my life in ministry. And for many, many years, uh, I've seen the, the uh, gift of interpretation of tongues operate. In other words, if someone in a church service would bring forth a message in tongues, then immediately it would seem like the Holy Spirit would give me the understanding of what God was saying through that message. Uh, when we talk about interpretation of tongues, it, it's not translation of tongues. It's interpretation of tongues. So uh, the difference is that if it was a translation, it would be word for word. You know, when you translate something, this is exactly what's being said. Whereas an interpretation is you're giving the gist or the meaning uh, of what's being said. So the message comes forth by the Holy Spirit. It's You couldn't understand it with your natural understanding, but then someone gives the interpretation. This is what God is saying uh, through this message. And so basically, you know, when you bring tongues and interpretation together, it's the equivalent of prophecy. The only thing it's operating usually through two different people, or it could be one person too. But it's been very interesting to me because that gift of interpretation of tongues operated uh, in my ministry for many years. You know, I can think back to many times when someone would bring forth a message in a church service, then I'd have the interpretation. But I never really was used very much in bringing forth a message in tongues until recently, probably the last two years. And God has been using me to bring forth messages in tongues and sometimes the interpretation too. Also, we've been finding, my wife and I, in our prayer time, 
uh, we have seen tongues and interpretation of tongues in our morning prayer time because we have prayer every morning and uh, there's been times even recently where the Lord has given us a message in tongues to help clarify our mission or understanding how to walk in our mission and so forth so this is one of the ways that God gives us direction and encouragement and strength and uh, these things are very important you know the Bible said that prophecy edifies the church. Now, how many think the church should be built up? How many want to see the church built up? Okay. So we know we're built up by the teaching of the word and through fellowship and through uh, breaking of bread and prayers. These are things that are really essential. But also prophecy helps to build the church. And so uh, we need to despise not prophecy and despise not the gifts of the Spirit. And, you know, to really take heed to the things that are said by the Spirit of God. Now, we don't want to just accept everything that we hear as being from God. You know, the Bible teaches us that we should judge the prophecies. And so we need to discern and, and judge. And that's one of the areas that the pastor is to help out in the, in the local congregation to discern, you know, if these things are really from God. Because sometimes we can get an inspiration, we can flow with something, and it can be, you know, uh, out of our own mind. Or, you know, so we need to, we do need to use discernment uh, with the gifts of the Spirit. The Scripture says, let the prophets speak one or two, or two or three, and then let the others judge. So the other prophets are to judge, you know, so we're to judge the prophecy, does it line up with Scripture? Is it, you know, is it the Spirit of God speaking? Or are we just dreaming this up in our own mind? So that we can grow and develop and become more accurate and become more spiritually attuned. But <clears throat> before I said all that, what I was getting to is we need to despise not prophecy. In other words, don't take it lightly when a prophecy comes forth. Listen to it and dissect it and discern it and say, what is God saying to us today? I've, I've seen the Lord uh, help me so many times through prophecy and uh, through these gifts of the Spirit like that. So, uh, you know, take heed, pay attention. You know, I know in one church, we have a church that we started several years ago, and, and I'm usually there once a month. And uh, there's a lady there that has written down the prophecies. Every time a prophecy comes forth, she'll make a note of it. And she's kept a record of those prophecies because we do consider them significant and important in our church because it's God-giving direction. Okay. <clears throat> um, we're talking about tongues and we've got the verse in 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty-eight. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. So here Paul is dealing with the church in Corinth it seems that there was an excess of speaking in tongues. In other words, they enjoyed it so much because there, you know, there can be a lot of joy that comes with these gifts. And when they would start to bubble over with tongues, they would enjoy it so much that they just keep doing it. And Paul was saying, no, you need to have a balance in your church service. It can't just be, let's come together and speak in tongues. That's part of what God wants to do. So he was saying, okay, when a message comes forth in tongues, okay, now wait on the Lord for the interpretation. Now, 
This is not, I don't believe that this is a prohibition of speaking in tongues in worship in the, in the church service. Because many times, you know, when we're worshiping God, we're singing songs and like in between the songs, you know, I'll be worshiping God in another language. I'm just talking to the Lord. Now, I'm not speaking out real loud where it's dominating the service. Okay. I'm just speaking to myself quietly. But I don't believe that God is prohibiting that, you know, because there's several scriptures we could look at. You know, we've seen this. We've seen this where people have said, well, you know, if a, if there's any tongues, there must be an interpretation. They're making this like a rigorous rule that any time tongues are used in a service, there must be an interpretation. Well, OK, what about on the day of Pentecost? They just started flowing. There was no interpretation, okay? What it was is people were getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. So do we want to put a prohibition on people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No. He's, but he's talking about an order, you know, in things in the church service. It's not to be a, like a lockdown rule, you know, that people, people actually use this as a, a method to shut down this gift of the Holy Spirit because they're uncomfortable with it. That's not right. Another example is when Paul was preaching, and we talked about this a couple lessons ago, when Paul was preaching to uh, Cornelius and his family and friends, remember that as he was preaching, uh, the, the Jews knew that they had received the gift of the Holy Spirit. How? Because they heard them speak in other tongues. Well, you know, they didn't say, well, wait a minute, there has to be an interpretation. <laughs> no. They just realized these people are being baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're just enjoying God. They're worshiping God in another tongue. God has baptized them in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Does that make sense what I'm saying there? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So uh, we understand that in in the uh, in Corinth. You know, in another example, and we touched on this before of how people will take one scripture and make a doctrine out of it. And uh, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 12, in the end, the end of that chapter, Paul makes the statement, do all speak in tongues? So then the idea is, well, you know, not everybody should speak in tongues. It's just for some of us. But another place, Paul said, I wish that all of you spoke in tongues. So when it comes to devotional tongues, to worshiping God in another language. God wants all of us to have this gift so that we can flow and enjoy his presence in that way. But then there is a ministry in tongues, the interpretation of tongues. It's used as a ministry gift, and so we distinguish those things, and it's important to understand. Okay, uh, 1 Corinthians 14.39 says, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy... And forbid not to speak in tongues. Here again, Paul is bringing across, he wants them to prophesy in the church service. He's bringing across the idea it's more important to have prophecy in the church service than it is to have tongues. Because prophecy brings forth edification for the church. Whereas tongues edifies the individual. Alright, the interpretation of tongues, I think we've already uh, talked about that some. It's, uh, it's the equivalent that tongues and interpretation of tongues is the equivalent of prophecy. 
It's an interpretation, not a translation. In other words, the gist of what God is saying. Uh, it can be the same person giving the tongue and then the interpretation, or it can be another person. Probably, probably more often another person. Uh, I was thinking about a church service that I was in. We had a, like a three-day meeting in a church in northern Minnesota. And I was the guest speaker. And in each service, someone brought forth a message in tongues. And so the first night, the message came, and, and I gave an interpretation. And then the second night, someone gave a message, and I gave the interpretation. And then the third night, someone gave a message in tongues. And I just thought myself, I thought, well, I've given the interpretation every night. So I think tonight I just won't. Now, I, I knew in my heart what God was saying. I had that supernatural gift of the interpretation of tongues, but I just kind of held my peace. And so we waited a while, and then the pastor stood up and he gave the interpretation. Well, the interpretation he gave was just right in line with what I had in my heart. So it was a confirmation. Yeah, God is speaking. He's given the interpretation of tongues. Okay? Now, you may say, well, why did you hold back? Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I was right or wrong in that, but just that's just what I did. But God got the message across. And see, the point is that, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit's moving. And now what he said in the interpretation was not the exact words that I would have said, but it was the same meaning. It was the same gist. Okay, so that's the interpretation of tongues. So those are the gifts that say something. Prophecy, uh, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Then we move on to the gifts that reveal something. They're, we can also call them gifts of revelation. And revelation means an unveiling. Now we need to understand, this is different than just natural knowledge. For example, some people say, well, he has the, the gift of knowledge because he went to uh, Bible school. And he has a lot of knowledge of the Bible. No, that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about a word of knowledge. It's good to have knowledge. It's good to have wisdom. It's good to have discernment. But see, these are supernatural gifts. Okay? And sometimes they'll operate through someone that has very little uh, Bible teaching. I mean, there, there's things that God showed me before I knew the Bible. You know, that later I saw confirmed in the Bible. So this is a gift of the Holy Spirit that reveals something or unveils certain truths. Uh, the first one is the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is supernatural knowledge from God about certain facts. Uh, an example of that is Jesus and the woman at the well. Remember that Jesus is talking to the woman and he said, if you knew who you were talking to, you would have asked of him, and he would have given you uh, living water. You, you wouldn't have to come to the well again. And so she said, give me this water. And, and he said, go and call your husband. And, of course, she said, well, I don't have a husband. And, and then he said, uh, well, you've said right there, you've spoken correctly, because you've had five husbands, and the one that you're with now is not your husband. So he, Jesus was aware of the fact that this woman was living with someone that uh, she was not married to, and that also that she had had five husbands previously. 
That is a word of knowledge. He didn't know that by going down to the courthouse and checking her records. Uh, he didn't hear the latest gossip. He knew that by the Holy Spirit. That is the word of knowledge. That's supernatural knowledge from God. See, God is... Uh, uh, what's the word for for all-knowing, Pastor Deva? Omniscient. Omniscient. So God is omniscient, okay? He knows all things. Now, we're not omniscient, but we have a connection to Him who is. So as He chooses, He can give us some of that knowledge to help us in our ministry. And of course, this was important to Jesus in ministering to this woman, because yes, she was uh, she was hungering because of what Jesus was talking to her about. She was experiencing a spiritual hunger, a desire for spiritual things, but she needed to repent. There were some things that weren't right in her life. So by exposing those things, Jesus was able to bring a recognition to her, you know, of her need to repent and also the awareness that God uh, was dealing with her uh, specifically in that situation through Jesus. So the word of knowledge, you know, I, I, many times I've said something to someone or even in prayer prayed something and people would say, how did you know that? I remember one time I was praying for a, a couple, a young married couple, and, and certain words and thoughts began to come. And afterwards they said, how did you know those things? Well, I didn't know them. The Holy Spirit knew them and he passed along the knowledge. That's, that's called uh, a word of knowledge. Uh, I can think of many examples of this in in our ministry also. Uh, many times the word of knowledge works in the healing ministry. Uh, for example, I'm thinking of a time I was in a I was in a meeting and uh, this is at kind of a retreat center. And uh, after we were done preaching, then we began to pray and the Lord just said, well, somebody has a pain in your shoulder. And so I just pointed to my shoulder like this and said, somebody have a pain. Well, this man came up and he had been in an in a automobile accident, actually a pickup truck. And uh, his pickup truck had rolled over and he had suffered injuries up in the upper part of his body and his shoulders and he had tremendous pain. Well, um, I just prayed for him in the name of Jesus. He lifted up his hands and began to praise God with a big smile on his face. All the pain was gone. So many times we see that type of operation of the word of knowledge uh, with the gifts of healing. So the Holy Spirit says, this is what's going on. And then he, so the Holy Spirit's identifying the problem and then he heals them by his spirit. So uh, what's neat about this is sometimes people that wouldn't necessarily have faith otherwise can receive. Because, you know, we could teach them the Word of God, but if they don't <clears throat> they don't grab hold of the Word of God, you know, they may not receive their healing by faith in the Word of God. But because you brought it forth supernaturally, see, it shows them that God knows their problem and wants to heal it. So then faith comes with that for them, and the gifts of healing come, and they're healed. Another example... Uh, I was ministering in a church, and we had a we had a men's meeting on Saturday, and uh, it was kind of you know kind of all day ministry. There was two long sessions, and uh, I had other meetings. I was very tired, 
But anyway, uh, so we had the meeting, the men's meeting on Saturday, and then Sunday morning I was driving from the pastor's house to church for the Sunday morning service. And as I was driving, then the Lord just showed me a picture of someone's chest and like this, it's just the sense that there was a problem right in here in the heart. And uh, so I just drove on and, and uh, got to church and preached my message. And afterwards I said, well, um, does someone, is there someone here that has a pain in your heart or you've been diagnosed with a problem in your heart? And this young, no, middle-aged man, I guess you'd say, he just started looking around like this. And, of course, his family's there, and they all know. And he said, well, yes, I do. And he had had, I think he'd had two heart attacks already. And he was sitting in the church service with pain in his chest. And so he came forward for prayer. And I prayed for him in the name of Jesus, and all the pain left. In fact, uh, if you go on our website, you could find the testimony of this man that uh, was healed of chest pains and heart problems. And as far as I know, he's still doing fine. He was healed by the power of God in that situation. So somebody say, praise the Lord over there. Amen? <laughs> so this is how these gifts work. Okay. Now, the word of wisdom is a little different than the word of knowledge. The word of wisdom is supernatural wisdom about the mind and purpose of God. This would include prophecies about the future as well as the counsel and plan of God. So you understand the difference there. Knowledge is about something that, a situation that exists. We talked about the woman that had five husbands. That's knowledge, okay? Or the man that has pain in his chest. That's knowledge, see? That's not wisdom, that's knowledge. It's facts, okay? But wisdom would be what God says you can do about something or what God is going to do in the earth, okay? The book of Revelation in the Bible is uh, an example of the word of wisdom. You know, the prophet speaking these things that are going to come to pass. And uh, <clears throat> also, just in ministering to people, uh, you'll see these gifts dovetail together. And by the way, they all kind of dovetail together. You've maybe gotten the idea already, you know, like tongues and interpretation of tongues, or the word of knowledge and gifts of healing. They work together. You know, it's not that, well, we're going to have this gift and this. You know, they flow together, and uh, they're, they're all part of the operation of, this, of the same Holy Spirit. But in ministering to people, Many times these two gifts will operate together. First of all, God will give a word of knowledge. For example, uh, you might be ministering, praying for someone, and the Lord will, you know, you'll say to this person, well, the Lord shows me that you have a problem in your marriage, that you and your husband have really been struggling uh, in your relationship, and you just can't seem to get along. And that person will say, well, you got that right. And then you pray further or, you know, the Lord shows you, uh, well, this is what you can do about it. This is how you can change this situation. And, for example, 
it might be instead of when your husband says something that's totally off target or you know instead of reacting with other words just be quiet and pray in the spirit and God will begin to begin uh, begin to bring a solution and a healing in that situation so you see that would be an example of the word of wisdom you understand what I'm saying in other words if God gives you the method to correct a situation that would be wisdom wouldn't it so there's a difference there you see the difference between the the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom uh, knowledge is facts wisdom is how to deal with the situation or what God is going to do in the future uh, earlier when we began to uh, share with you the examples of prophecy and begin to talk about God is going to move in a mighty way in, in the India well that would be an example of the word of wisdom this is the plans and purposes of God for a move of God in, in your country that's the word of wisdom okay alright uh, so examples in the Bible of the word of wisdom uh, Samuel is directed <clears throat> by God to anoint David as king. This is not a word of knowledge as David was a shepherd, not a king, but it's a word of wisdom concerning the plan and counsel of God. <clears throat> it's direction concerning the plan and counsel of God. This gift should be used and also received with caution. When you receive a word of wisdom for someone, do not automatically assume that it's a word from God. God is going to confirm it in your own heart. It's a word you receive. If the word you receive uh, brings bondage, then there's reason to question it. The reason I bring this out is because there is, you know, I mean, we're here to encourage you in the gifts, to operate in the gifts. But there's a, there is a caution in using these gifts. Uh, with the word of wisdom, in other words, if I say, uh, brother, the Lord shows me that you're supposed to move to America and start a ministry there. Uh, well, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't buy a ticket necessarily. I'd wait on the Lord for Him to tell you that, right? God does not, you know, the Scripture said, "As many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God." It doesn't say as many as are led by the prophets, the prophets, or prophecies. So prophecies and word of wisdom is good, but you need to use caution in it. And you need to be careful when someone gives you a word of wisdom that you check it out with the Lord yourself and get a witness in your own heart that it's right. Okay? Does that make sense? Because a lot of people have been you know, thrown off track by... Uh, so-called gifts of the Spirit that really weren't gifts of the Spirit. And also, there's some, sad to say, unscrupulous people that will manipulate people through uh, supposed gifts of the Spirit. In other words, they'll tell people to do something that they want them to do, and they'll say it was the Lord. And uh, so it's a tool of manipulation. So anyway, it's just a caution and remember that you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And so if someone gives you a word, check it out with the Lord and see that you have the witness in your own heart. And if a word seems to put you in bondage, well, we got a reason to question it because it says where the Spirit of the Lord is, uh, there's liberty. 
And uh, there may be some, some nervousness when you follow God, when He gives you a leading. But if you really look deep down inside, there'll be a peace. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, <clears throat> Pastor Diva, you know what I'm talking about? Where, you know, God is leading you a certain way to make a decision, to make a change in your ministry or whatever. You might be nervous about it outwardly, but if you look down on the inside, the Holy Spirit is giving you peace, then you know you can go that way, okay? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Okay, I was just had written in here about a minister. I know that God uses a lot in the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. And the Lord told him to be, you know, to be cautious in the area of not embarrassing people. Because sometimes the Lord will reveal things and you've got to have wisdom about how to handle those things. Sometimes things need to be given to people privately rather than publicly because it might embarrass them or hurt them in their walk. Uh, sometimes things just need to be prayed about. So ask God to give you wisdom in these gifts of the Spirit. Also, we said here, anyone can miss it. I believe this. I know there's tremendous prophets that are very, very accurate in the world today. But I'm not going to accept, even from them, I'm not going to blindly accept everything I hear. I'm going to check it out with the Lord. All right? Then, the next gift we talked about, these are the gifts that reveal something. Uh, The next one that reveals something is the discerning of spirits. And that's the ability to discern or see the operation of a spirit, either either good or evil. So, uh, discerning a spirit could be uh, seeing an angel. Or it could be seeing or discerning uh, a demon. And it's the ability to discern uh, the operation of a spirit. In other words, to see into the unseen. And these gifts that we're talking about, these revelation gifts, are especially prominent in the prophet's ministry. And I know probably you've experienced, maybe come across a prophet or a prophetess, but they seem to be more given and more keen in these revelation gifts than anything else. Uh, The discerning of spirits will help you to discern what kind of spirit is operating and be able to see into the unseen uh, so that you can deal with spiritual things. An example of this in the Bible is that uh, Paul and the damsel possessed with the spirit of divination. You can read about it in Acts 16, 16 through 18. Uh, You remember that Paul was going about uh, ministering and this lady was following them and she was proclaiming these men are the servants of the Most High God, you know, and she's she's bragging on them and, you know, boy, this sounds good. She's She's my advertising advertisement. She's going around town and telling everybody that we're the we're the men of God, you know. Well, Paul recognized that there was an evil spirit operating in her, and he just turned about and said, In the name of Jesus, come out of her. And she was delivered of that evil spirit. And of course her her masters, she was a slave girl, they were upset because they were making money off of her gifts, of her demonic gifts of divination. 
So that's an example of the discerning of spirits. Another example would be in Luke 13, where it talks about the woman that was bowed over for 18 years and could in no wise lift herself up. And the Bible said she had a spirit of infirmity. So she not only had a sickness, but she had a spirit that was behind the sickness. And many times evil spirits are behind sicknesses. And sometimes in order to get a person healed, you need to deal with the spirit that's behind the sickness. I remember one time I was ministering in a church uh, in North Dakota, about four or 500 miles from where I live. And uh, there was a lady that came, forth, came forward for prayer. She had severe pain in her body. And I began to pray for her and use uh, you know, every, everything I could, all the gumption I could, all the faith I could to get her free of that pain. And, you know, after we prayed, she was just, she just really wasn't much better. And then there was another man there that also prays for the sick. And, you know, he, he also prayed together with me. And, but she, she just didn't seem to improve. You know, she was just still in pain. And so the pastor of that particular church, uh, he was actually more given to ministering to uh, the demon-possessed. He had a lot of experience in dealing with demon, demonic things and so on. And he came, and he had been busy because he was ministering to another lady who, was, uh, who needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So he was praying for her, so he was busy. When he came back, and so we just shared what was happening, because this lady, uh, she wouldn't go sit down. I mean, <laughs> she was going to get her healing one way or the other, so she's just standing there. And so he asked, what's going on, you know? And so then he began to pray, and then the Lord showed him an evil spirit. And so he bound a spirit of infirmity over her and commanded it to go in Jesus' name. And, you know, in just a few minutes, she was walking around with a big smile on her face, healed in Jesus' name. So it just taught me a great lesson there that uh, a lot of times with sickness, you know, you need to be sensitive to the Lord, uh, whether or not an evil spirit is operating. So the discerning of spirits will help you with that. And again, these are things that we can develop, gifts that we can flow in, but we need to grow in being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. All right, the third type of gifts are the gifts that do something. So we talked about the gifts that say something, the gifts that reveal something. Now we're going to talk about the gifts that do something. The first gift is gifts of healing. Notice this plural, gifts of healing. Apparently there's different gifts for different types of diseases. And, uh, and by the way, you don't necessarily have to have a gift of healing for someone to get healed. If, if you teach the word of God and pray for somebody according to the scriptures, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, or anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord, uh, they can be healed on the basis of the scriptures. But this is a special gift or gifts of healing to bring healing to people. Uh, many times you'll see these in the evangelist's anointing. Catherine Kuhlman was tremendous in the gifts of healing, also the word of knowledge. God used her in a mighty way in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and powerful things happen 
through these gifts. And the gifts of healing is the supernatural ability to bring healing. And it's gifts of healing. Some people that move in the gifts of healing are more gift, gifted with certain types of diseases. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like in, in my ministry, a lot of people that have arthritis or joint problems have been healed. Uh, it just seems to be, I don't know. It's God gives certain abilities. He divides severally according as he wills in the body of Christ. So he gives us different gifts and different abilities as the Spirit wills. Uh, examples of the gifts of healing. The Apostle Peter must have had a tremendous gifts of healing in his ministry. Uh, Oral Roberts was one that was given and used greatly in the gifts of healing in his healing ministry. Catherine Kuhlman. Uh, Charles and Francis Hunter, you may have heard of them. They emphasize the ministry of healing for the body of Christ at large. Gifts of healing. Uh, given the notes here, the example of the man named Marvin that was in one of our church services. And his wife had come in in the beginning of the service and, and said, Oh, Pastor Tom, you know, uh, Marvin is in such pain today. And I said, oh, Arlene, I'm so sorry. I, I feel so bad. And I just did. I felt pity for him that he had all this pain. But I didn't think, I didn't have any thought in the world about praying for him. Anyway, then I got up and started preaching my message. And I'm preaching away. I'm in the middle of my sermon, you know. And all of a sudden, it's the Holy Spirit went, and I'm just got, I've got my eyes locked on Marvin. And I said, Marvin, we need to pray for you right now. The Holy Spirit just showed me. That is it. The Holy Spirit says, this is it. This is my plan right now. So, thankfully, you know, I wasn't too stubborn. I was able to flow with God. So I said, we need to pray for you right now. I went over and I kneeled down next to him and prayed for his leg where he had this pain. And asked the congregation to help. We commanded the pain to go and commanded him to be healed. I went back to the pulpit and I looked at him. And he said, the pain is completely gone. And uh, I talked to him you know, a number of years later and the pain was still gone. And we found out later that this was such a tremendous miracle because the, the injury that caused this problem was from a tractor when his pant leg got caught in the power takeoff of a tractor and actually uh, the power takeoff pulled the muscles off the bone in his leg. And so they patched him up the best they could, but he had tremendous pain in there. From time to time it got really, really severe. Well, God healed him of that and he never had that pain again. That is a miracle of God. So there's the gifts of healing, then there's the working of miracles. <clears throat> That's the supernatural ability to change the course uh, of natural events or laws. So an example of that would be Jesus feeding the 5,000. You know, you can't feed 5,000 people with a few fishes and loaves. It's just not natural. It's supernatural. You can't walk on the water. Nobody can walk on the water unless it's frozen. You know, where we live, the water, the lakes get frozen in the winter, so you can walk on them. <laughs> but 
you can't do that in the natural. But you see, Jesus walked on the water, Peter walked on the water, that's a working of miracles. And uh, another example is raising the dead. It's not, it goes beyond a healing, it's, it's a miracle of God. And we've seen many miracles uh, in our life and ministry. Uh, and I'm thinking, too, of a, a ministry from, I believe they're in Brazil, on the Amazon River. They're a missionary. And they talked about how they were having a pastor's conference, and they had many more pastors show up than they had planned for, and they only had so much food. And yet God fed everyone. Everyone was fed and was full. And all the needs were met. God multiplied the food. So, you know, anything that happened in the Bible can happen again today. The Bible's not just a history book. It's, a, it's God's message to us. And Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go unto the Father. So I want you to believe God for miracles. We've seen a lot of miracles in the area of finances, uh, financial provision, supernatural things that God has done. We've seen a lot of miracles in the area of protection. And so God is a miracle-working God. Amen. And this is one of the gifts of the Spirit. And by the way, these nine gifts, uh, you can find examples of every one of them in the Old Testament as well as the New, except tongues and interpretation of tongues. Those are distinctive to the New Testament. But all these other gifts we're talking about, you do see them in operation, different, you know, especially in the prophets. Uh, in the Old Testament because the Spirit of God was on them for purpose and these gifts flowed through them as well and then finally we're talking about the gifts that do something uh, the gift of faith and the gift of faith is slightly different from the working of miracles it's the ability to receive from God and uh, so it's supernatural faith to receive from God. This is faith beyond the normal faith, which is obtained through hearing and believing God's word. You know, Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. <clears throat> so there is a faith that we have by hearing God's word and believing it. But this is distinct, uh, distinct from that because it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the ability to believe God beyond anything. You know, it's a supernatural ability from God to believe. It's like God, in this situation, it's like God drops faith into you for something to happen or for protection to happen. So an example of that uh, in the Old Testament is Daniel in the lion's den. So they threw Daniel in the lion's den and the king back, came back in the morning, and there was Daniel, smiling. No problem. God protected him. That is a gift of faith. Amen? The uh, Hebrew children in the furnace, the, the same course in the book of Daniel, the same thing. Gift of faith. Supernatural ability to believe God, to receive from God. And uh, so, the, the difference there, you see, we could take the story of Samson, of course, Samson was strong, but Samson was supernaturally strong. So Samson dealt with a lion by tearing him apart. That, you would say, is a working of miracles. Daniel dealt with a lion problem by believing God and stayed in the lion's den all night uh, and was preserved. So that is the gift of faith. 
You maybe heard stories or experienced yourself. Someone is about to have an automobile accident and cries out to God, says, Oh, Jesus! And somehow or another, they escape uh, injury or death through that automobile accident, through the divine protection of God. That is a gift of faith and operation for a particular situation. Praise God. So, uh, also, <clears throat> we see in the Old Testament people speaking by the gift of faith. Uh, Jacob prophesying over the sons of jo Joseph. Uh, Joseph speaking about his bones. That after he died, his bones would be carried into the promised land with the children of Israel. God gave him supernatural faith to prophesy that and speak it to be. And so, <clears throat> these are things that are miraculous and supernatural. This is supernatural faith. And you see, last week we mentioned faith as a fruit of the Spirit. You see, that's fruit that's in our life, that God gives us the ability to believe in our life and to have faith. But this is a higher level of faith that can only come as the Holy Spirit drops it into your heart. As you know, as normally, you know, for specific instances, as specific times. So, <clears throat> expect these gifts to flow in your life and ministry as the Spirit wills. The Holy Spirit is in charge of the operation of these gifts. Uh, these gifts weren't make to uh, weren't given to make you uh, rich, but they were given to help people and to help you in your life and ministry. So pray that the gifts of the Spirit would operate in your life. We've got several keys to releasing the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life. And, of course, there's references here that I encourage you to, uh, you know, in your, in your homework time during the next week, uh, to look all these scriptures up and meditate on them and pray over them. But number one, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You know, as you begin to speak any other language, then gifts flow. Other gifts flow. As I said, it seems to be the, the gift that releases other gifts, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number two, tongues are a gateway to other gifts. We see a progression. Tongues and the utterance gifts, then the revelation gifts, and then the power gifts. Uh, it's, a, it's a development from one to the other. So we begin to flow in the utterance gifts, and then we can flow in revelation as we develop, and then we can flow in the power gifts. Uh, worship brings a release of the gifts. That's why very often in, a, in the worship service, the Holy Spirit then brings uh, these gifts forth. Number four, wait on God in quietness. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. So we need to learn to be quiet so the Holy Spirit can speak. Number five, don't be afraid to have your prophecies judged. So in the local church environment, thank God for the gifts, but God has given others there with maturity to help judge those gifts. Uh, don't be offended if the pastor says, I think you might have missed it there a little bit. I'll say, thank you, Pastor, for caring enough to tell me. Because 
That's how we grow and develop in the use of the gifts. Number six, try the spirits by the word of God. So if things are coming to you, test them with the word of God. Does this agree with the word of God? Uh, if you're getting a word of wisdom that you're supposed to go rob a bank, <laughs> that's not a word of wisdom from God. <laughs> that's very obvious, right? And there's more subtle ones too. But judge judge the prophecies uh, by the word of God. And then uh, <clears throat> don't just listen to voices. Focus on the Lord. Have that tenderness and closeness with God in your heart. Have peace in your heart. And then when he speaks, you'll know it. The gift of the Spirit will always... And here's another one. The gift of the Spirit will always glorify Jesus. If the gift of the Spirit is just glorifying a man, that's not, that's not the gift of the Spirit. The gift of the Spirit always glorify Jesus and lift him up. And then claim the scripture. I hear the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of a stranger. I will not follow. You can read about that in John 10. And then number eight, do something. Step out. Many times people are given inspiration to prophesy and they'll just sit there and wait. And by the way, when it comes to prophecy, it, it does take faith to step out. Because, you know, as God's giving you inspiration, he might just give you two or three words. And so you begin to speak those words and then he gives you more and they begin to flow. The same way with revelation. When you're praying for someone, God might show you something. You know it's from God, but you don't really understand what it means. Well, just you begin to talk it out and begin to bring it out. Uh, last week we had a healing service in our town here. And the Lord gave me a, a word of a knowledge. Well, I guess you'd say it was really a word of wisdom for a lady. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the Lord showed me certain things. And I ministered that to her. And then at the end, I remember I prayed, when Lord, if there's more to this, let me, let me know or let her know. Well, then later, the Lord showed me more about the vision. See, God, God operates many times, and we haven't talked about this in this lesson, but when we talk about the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, many times these revelations come as pictures or visions. Like in this case, I saw a train. You know about trains. You have a lot of trains in India. And I saw the cars of the train. And they all were, you know, moving, 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 moving forward. Well, the, the cars of the train represented uh, the years in, uh, of her life and how God had blessed her and he had, his hand had been upon her from the beginning and that he was continuing to bless her and he would continue to bless her. And I saw this, like, side view, uh, which represented where she was at right now. Well, then, later on, I realized that what God was showing also through this message, and, and what I shared with her, I think, encouraged her. But what, it, what I also saw is that I didn't see the caboose. In other words, she had some more years, and this lady was going, was going through some physical problems. So the message really is that God's going to give her some more years and bless her life, bless her with a long life, because I think she's wondering. So anyway, this is how God works. He gives revelation. Many times it is through a picture. 
Okay? So do something. Step out. Be sensitive. Be eager to learn. Don't be proud. But do something. The scripture says, let all things be done decently and in order. But I like what one preacher said. The first part of that is, let all things be done. In other words, do something. Don't just sit and wait. Well, for the perfect time, you know, everything's going to be just right. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to understand the whole prophecy and then I'll speak it out, you know. No, sometimes you have to step out. You have to step out in, in faith. And so I encourage you in that. So again, today your homework is to study and meditate on the scriptures in this lesson. Spend time worshiping, praying in the spirit, and waiting on God. And look for opportunities to pray for others and to minister to them by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, it just comes to mind to encourage you today, too, that as we're moving through these lessons, uh, don't forget about the previous lessons. Don't forget about the things that we've emphasized and taught in the previous lessons, especially, you know, concerning witnessing. And I'm so proud of you guys that you all have stepped out and started to witness, you know, outside of your little circle. You know, you're reaching out, and that is awesome. But I don't want you to quit. Just because we're teaching these other things, you know, keep the, keep the first things working. Keep witnessing. Keep reaching out to others. And you young people, you children too, reach out. Share Jesus with others. Just share your testimony. And so keep developing these things that we talked about in the previous lessons. <clears throat> and also concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking to other tongues yet, continue to press in to that. Say, say, thank you, Lord. I believe I receive. I've asked for. I thank you. I receive the, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I will speak in tongues fluently as the Spirit gives me utterance. And then spend that time waiting on God and yielding to Him and uh, speaking by the Holy Spirit. So, uh, don't forget about the previous lessons as we move forward through these lessons. Keep all of this working. Review the previous lessons and just take time to wait, wait on God and let Him speak to you. See, I'm doing my part. I'm teaching the Word of God. But you've got to hear from the Holy Spirit. You've got to let Him do His work in your life uh, in order that you can get the most fruit out of this. Amen. So I just encourage you in that. So today's practical exercise is to minister to another person uh, by the gifts of the Spirit. So take time to worship, pray in the Spirit, and wait on the Lord, and then share with humility what the Holy Spirit gives you for edification, exhortation, and comfort. In other words, don't criticize and tear down. Give them something that's going to build them up. It may be a picture or a word or a scripture may be quickened to you. Share it in love. And ask the person if it relates to their situation and pray for the person in line with the revelation. So basically what we want to do today is the same, th same thing you did last week. Just have a, maybe a hot seat in the middle there. And each one can come and sit down and then take time to pray for that person. And then ask God to begin to give you more revelation to help that person uh, in their life. And, you know, don't try to make something happen. But let it happen. Let the Holy Spirit have his way. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. So let me uh, pray for you. And then I'll sign off. And Pastor Diva, you can uh, lead the class forward. 
uh, just like you're leading your church forward uh, in the will of God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the precious time that we've had together talking about these wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, for our class in Hyderabad and each one that may be watching on the Internet. And I thank you that we've had time to talk about these awesome gifts of the Holy Spirit which you have given us for edification, exhortation, comfort, and all the things that you have given to profit the body of Christ. We thank you for these things, Lord. And we just release uh, a spirit of encouragement upon everyone that is listening to know that, yes, Lord, you can use me in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let me just lead you in a confession. Just say this. Just say, Dear Father, Dear Father, Thank you for your love for me. Thank you for your love for me. And thank you for your love through me. And thank you for your love through me. Thank you for teaching me about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I pray and believe that these gifts will operate through me. And through your church. And that Jesus Christ will be glorified. And your church will be built. And souls will come to know you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay, God bless you guys. You've been a great you've been great students today. Have fun. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at TomShanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota 56002.